Hello everyone, my name is Joel, and before we get into this episode, I'd like to take a moment and remind you just how easy it is to contribute to Hacker Public Radio, and to remind you that all the episodes you hear are user-contributed, meaning that people like you and I make it possible. So, if there's anything, any type of technological project, opinion, ideas, anything that goes around your head that you can talk about, and if you can't talk about it and you have to write it down, have someone else read it, whatever the case, we rely on your submissions to make this podcast possible. The following is an audio clip from a very recent HPR episode, wherein some confusion around Fahrenheit and Celsius was brought up, as well as a request by Ken to have someone record an HPR episode on Fahrenheit. So, let's listen to that. Well, there's centigrade and Fahrenheit, and we normally use Fahrenheit here in the U.S. And right now, where I'm at, it's 10 degrees, but the low temperature for today is going to be negative 2. 10 degrees F. 10 degrees yes. Fahrenheit? 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, according to my uh, little weather station here, 46 degrees Fahrenheit with uh, cloud cover. Minus 12 is 10 degrees. For those of us who are using a proper temperature system, 40 watt is. No, I got two different readings. My little weather app degrees. on my screen is telling me 9 Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in Celsius. How can Fahrenheit Sandy, go you, from you, 10 degrees being minus 12 Celsius and 45 degrees being 7 degrees Celsius? That that's doesn't because make John, any sense. That's because John Doe is way down south in Texas. No, I mean the temperature scale. A Fahrenheit is on on a fahrenheit scale freezing point of water is 32 which would be zero on celsius yeah the scales are not linear yeah uh next to each other isn't it yeah it's some really weird ratio it's not a a straightforward ratio at all no okay but celsius is like it goes up in increments surely Why, why Fahrenheit? Can somebody please do a show on Fahrenheit and explain to me the logic behind it? All right. Very good. So hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Uh, my name is Joel. I'm here to do a, a short episode on Fahrenheit and Celsius, and with me here is Ken Fallon. Hello, Ken. Hi, Joel. He's You're a different listening. Joel to the TLLTS Joel, I guess. Oh, yes. Uh my bad. I am in no way affiliated with him. I'm completely different, Joel, from Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> cool. I get, I'll call myself not Joel. There we go, not Joel. Yeah, but then we get confused with not Tlatu <laughs> being actually Tlatu. <laughs> well, anyways, um, I was listening to your guys. Uh, you guys had a conversation on the marathon, and there was a lot of confusion over Celsius and Fahrenheit. And, you know, we were like, is this, is this a weird ratio? Is it a weird logic between the two? And believe it or not, Celsius and Fahrenheit are based on the same logics and almost the same identical maths, which a lot of people don't realize. Okay, and I guess before I cover that, I should get into some uh, quick terminology. Obviously, everyone knows what Celsius and Fahrenheit are. are. There's also centigrade, which is an old-fashioned term for Celsius. Am I not mistaken? Centigrade. No, I think it's equal right, to yeah. Celsius. Yeah. And Celsius, yeah. Um, I'm in the U.S. of A. I have actually used Celsius for a few years now, and I'm pretty comfortable with both of them. 
um, have some good mental idea of where things subjectively are according to my senses. And personally, I've come to prefer Celsius because there's less numbers in it, as I'll get around to discussing. And to me, that makes more sense. <laughs> but that goes completely contrary to the arguments that our very good, uh, our very good friend was making. Right. And uh, to me, you know, okay. it, it's obviously subjective to where I live, but when it goes below zero degrees Celsius, it is really, really cold. And I could probably yes, die if I go outside yes. too long. Yes. If it's 30 degrees, it's going to be way hotter than my blood is, and I will die. <laughs> and in the U.S., people have become accustomed to seeing it from this way of, oh, it's in the 20s, it's in the 30s, it's in the 40s, it's in the 50s, it's in the 70s, it's in the 80s, 90s. And to me, that's more numbers I have to try to remember. <laughs> okay, but, that's just the American way of thinking, of course. <laughs> but then is the point not that uh, if you go from twenties to thirties, there is a a larger difference there, whereas if you go on a scale on the Celsius, you really need to talk about one degree or two degrees colder or warmer. Yeah, I'll get into that in a second. But I was just trying to set it up there, where in America. Um, it's it's this confusing game of knowing your your numbers. <laughs> so yeah, I'll cover that. You seem in a to bit. like that sort of stuff, I suppose. Go on. Yeah, and uh, people in America are deathly afraid of metrification. Um, if you even mention or begin to use it, you'll be called a socialist, and they'll whip their guns out and shoot you. <laughs> and now Just it's a gun discussion. Oh God, this is going to go bad. <laughs> go on, go on. I'm just kidding. It's not quite that bad, but it is. Um, something I think we tried to push in the 1970s and unfortunately failed, um, to which I regret. Because um, I, I just think things make a lot more sense in metric, but I'm not used to it. That's diverging from the conversation at hand. Um, I wanted to cover, you know, this temperatures and whatnot. And I should probably talk about another term here, um, Kelvin. I'm going to mention the Kelvin measurement of temperature. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, Mr. Fallon. I'm actually more in favor of Kelvin than I am Celsius, but... Okay, very good. And we also have uh, a problem with atmospheric pressure watt to cover. Um, I guess the scientific unit of measurement when we get into temperatures is something called ATM, atmospheric pressure. And the idea is one ATM equals the air pressure at sea level, which is quite important when you deal with temperatures because water... For instance, will will boil very differently in the mountains than it does at sea level. It's kind of common knowledge, I think. Yeah, I just um, saw a video on the submarines that the spinning of their propeller because the pressure is so high causes boiling of the water, even though it's still "quote unquote" yeah. cold. Yep, and uh, there's a lot of cool videos I'm sure you can find where they apply pressure to a container with water inside and the water will actually boil. That's a really big danger in space because if your suit depressurizes, your blood just boils instantly. So I, I won't get too much into that nope, proportion. Stop. 2001 yes. then, how did he get from the capsule into the, uh, into the spaceship? 2001, uh, Space Odyssey, right? Yes. You know, uh, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. I don't remember it. I'm not one for movies, unfortunately. So. Okay, well, they did the same trick in, um, in uh, what do you call it, Battlestar Galactica, where they had to jump without a space suit. Oh, gosh. That thing in. Come on, well. you come on to the show. You brought it up. <laughs> anyway, if anyone wants to go into a do a HBR episode on 
whether your blood will boil or it won't boil if you're being locked outside of your spaceship by a crazy uh, a crazy computer going right. mad. Feel free to do that. Sorry, Joel, I'll shut up. There's Ooh. a whole dynamic of air pressure and temperature and kinetic energy that we won't get into either. But when we measure te- temperature, let's take a step back. Um, we're taking a thermometer and we're bringing it into contact with forms of matter like air, maybe water, could be a solid and we wait for something called thermal equilibrium to occur where the heat flows between these objects and it's level it's nor num- sorry neutralized normalized if you put a thermometer you know into a boiling pan of water it's going to take a few seconds for it to reach equilibrium and give you a good reading uh it's also called the zeroth law of thermodynamics and physics which loosely defined as when two objects are in equilibrium with a third again just throwing it out there no i'm with you so good scientific terms to know. And then that brings us, of course, into the discussion of how do we measure temperature? How do we quantify it? And so basically I've set up three different ways so far. We have Celsius, Fahrenheit, and Kelvin. And what might surprise most people is that Celsius and Fahrenheit operate off the same logic and the same math, believe it or not. Okay. And Kelvin is Kelvin is entirely different. So let's start out with Celsius. Um there was a guy by the name of Mr. Celsius. He was a uh, physicist from Sweden. And he said, at sea level, water boils at something that we're going to call zero degrees Celsius. So he defined zero degrees Celsius as the freezing point of water at sea level. And kind of the converse of that is he said at 100 degrees Celsius, water boils. So that's the definition of Celsius. And in between that zero to 100 obviously is 100 integers, 100 steps. So we have an interval of 100. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was brought up with this, so it, it makes perfect it's so, sense to it's me. So, right. It's one of those things that's so simple, I find it hard to describe. But that's the definition of Celsius. Similarly, but with different numbers, we have Fahrenheit. A physicist in the U.S., Mr. Fahrenheit, said, at sea level, 32 degrees Fahrenheit is the point at which water freezes. Why would Why you do that? There's there's no answer. Um, I'm going to admit I cheated on this at this point and went to Wikipedia because I was like, where does this number come up from? And nobody really knows. There's no answer out there. Um, the and then he wake chose... up one morning and look at the number of his house and go, oh, 32. But... Right. There's also 180 degrees Fahrenheit then at sea level, water boils. That's even more confusing to me. I don't know where you get 182. And there's a lot of discussion around it. But for our, you know, our purposes of setting up this definition, it's important to know 32 degrees Fahrenheit, water freezes. Actually, I'm sorry. I got my numbers wrong. See, I'm an American. Yeah, I can't even did, get yeah. this right. It's 212 degrees Fahrenheit at which water boils. It is so yeah. confusing. I can't even keep track of it, Ken. <laughs> I was looking at the thing. and I was like, hey, you're a bit wrong there. Yeah. Okay. As I said, but, I'm uh... flying off of this with what I wrote on paper. So if we do our math, how many numbers in an interval? 180 minus 130. I'm sorry, 180. Gosh, 212 minus 32 is 180. So there's Why 180 numbers. Why did he stop on two? I don't know. But what we, for our purposes here, what we need to know is that the interval of Celsius contains 100 different numbers. I'm with you, yeah. Fahrenheit, it's 180. So right there, we can see why in America, we talk about numbers in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and 50s. It's because we have to have 180 numbers to reference temperature from for our normal day use. So 
Yeah, but that's, that means, right, that for the pokies of this world, it, averaging up a little, one degree Celsius is, is a little bit like one degree Fahrenheit, or two degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. and So you're not going to be able to tell yeah. the difference between one or two degrees. Come on. So one degree Celsius is enough of a <coughs> micro unit, in my opinion, to be able to tell the difference. Yes, and that also brings up a good question for any person thinking about the math. Is it linear? You know. Okay, yeah. And the answer is yes. And that allows us to do something really cool here. And I won't go over the math on there, but you can set up two equations that relate Celsius and Fahrenheit, solve a, a linear system of two equations, and what you'll come up, of course, is with the formulas for you know converting, for example, Fahrenheit to Celsius, where... Uh, 9 divided by 5, which also equals 1.8. 9 divided by 5 Celsius plus 32 gives you the temperature of Celsius in Fahrenheit. Yep. Do some more algebra, you can rearrange it. So the math behind it isn't too hard. Um, I think it took me 10, 15 minutes to figure that out. But there is a way to convert between the two, um, and they, they actually operate on the same logic. So when you ask the question of what's the logic of Fahrenheit, it's the same thing as Celsius. The interval is just very different that makes sense no it doesn't make sense where did you pick 32 from right that's the part where it doesn't make sense why where did they get the numbers from there's not an easy answer i should say also um so correct me if i'm wrong the kelvin scale just decided there is a physical thing called absolute zero and we're absolutely gonna, and we're going to call that, that zero Right, and if you want to talk about distinguishing Celsius from Fahrenheit, there isn't that much. The difference, uh, because you know Celsius and Fahrenheit, you're looking at the matter state of water, yeah. so water freezing or boiling. Kelvin is completely different. It's this really cool theoretical existence state where all the molecules in the universe stop moving, which is a mere impossibility because uh -huh. you and I would be completely dead. And Kelvin says, hey, zero degrees Kelvin is that point in which all matter ceases to stop. Uh, actually, all the kinetic energy stops. All the molecules start stop moving. Yeah. Um, so that's very different from a measurement like Celsius and Fahrenheit. Yeah, but I thought the actual units of Kelvin map one-to-one -to, -one to Celsius. You just They do. Yes, they map one-to-one. -one. Um, let me see if I happen so to write that down. So what he brought down absolute zero, and then they use the same scale, only the count from zero up as opposed to zero celsius being the freezing point of water yeah so if you ever want to convert from celsius to kelvin it's um 273.15 um so there is a relationship between kelvin celsius and then fahrenheit but i just want to answer that question i heard everybody ask you know is it logical and it's like it, what it's based on is logical but the numbers of fahrenheit are rather illogical Okay, that is brilliant. Thank you very much, because I did not know there were linear scales, so that makes more sense to me now. Yeah, and thank you for uh, staying around and listening to me, because I can't talk to myself. <laughs> not a problem. Now, seeing as we're talking about questions, Go I have it. a question to the HBR audience, seeing as somebody finds this sort of stuff interesting, there's probably going to be a mathematician out there wanting to answer this. Why do American coins... Uh, not have the digits, numeric digits written on them? And why are the American dollar bills uh, or bills, money, all the same size? 
Uh, you know, I, I don't know all the answers for that. Um, it's funny because I'm in retail. So every day I'm working with, you know, drawers of cash, hundreds, fifties, twenties and all that. And, um, I have a feeling it might be based on the ease, you know, of all the bills being the same size. And because it, it comes makes it very to... difficult for blind people, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, I actually have one blind customer and, you know, he, he might bring in a 20 or something. We break it for him and we help him understand, you know, what's there. Um, you got to hope that they're not. Uh... I think it's just one of those convenience things, you know? Now, he can differentiate between the 50s, 100s, and other bills because now we have a holographic strip going around the center of it. Fair enough. And again, the quarter. Quarter isn't too bad because it's got the word quarter written on it, but nickel and dime, I have a trouble every time trying to figure out which yeah, one there's, is which. Yeah, there's a considerable size difference between the two, actually. Yeah, but what does it mean? Uh, as a foreigner oh. coming to the States, do a, is the bigger ones? The nickel is, no, it, the size correspondence is not exactly true because the nickel is five cents. It's a step above the penny, step below the dime. It's, I, I haven't tried, tried to figure out with this stuff. I just count the money. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for doing the show. And, no problem. Uh, hopefully somebody else out there now is itching to tell us the story of why the money is the way it is in the U.S. Oh, cool. Okay. Anyways. Take care. Thank you. No problem. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 License.